Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks is brought to you by two kinky poly babes on a mission to make sure you can be well-informed before diving into all things kink, dating, sex, and non-monogamy. We want to make sure this content can stay free and available for everyone who needs it. And with a little help from our listeners, we can do exactly that. Consider joining our Patreon for a monthly subscription where you can have access to our behind-the-scenes content, or you can make a small donation to our Ko-fi, where you can donate as little as $2 to make a huge difference. We greatly appreciate it. Welcome back to Freaks, Kinks, and Geeks. Oh, 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 oh. My, 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 my. Okay, so for this week, I was going for like horror movie sound, you know. I think that's I think that's the Friday the Thirteenth one. Okay. Okay. okay yeah, okay, I think okay. that's when they go chi chi chi. Is that? Please, please let us know if that's the correct horror movie that goes chi 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 chi. I look forward to. I their feel like answers. I'm just getting the tone wrong, and then people are not going to know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there it is. More true to life. You're welcome. I took you there to that moment. Speaking of moments, I'd like to take a moment here to ask our audience. Do you have a request for how I should say oh my at the beginning of our episodes? You want to challenge me to an accent? Because I'm down. Let me know. Comment. Send us a letter on the ankle of a pigeon. And I will get it. very oddly specific. sweet. (laughs) Or you can send it in to our anchor voice message. That's so true. Or our Facebook group. Any of our social media. I guess there are other options, aren't there? Yeah. We're on Instagram now. Great. Yep. We are on Insta. We have a link tree now that you can see. Bitch. So, we have a link tree. Go look at my links. I'm proud of it. You know why? It's very unsuspecting. You're looking at it and you're like, here's a page of links. Yep. But it took me like hours. <laughs> so we will we'll do a post and that way you guys can comment on how you want her to say oh my in the future. Yes. And make please. it make it entertaining. At least make it entertaining for me. Yeah. Don't Appreciate make me do you. a bland one. So this week is an interesting topic. Yes. And it's actually related to my horror sounds because this is the more horrific aspect of dating. But much needed information is power yes and we're actually going to try to turn around some of the horrific aspects of this yes. kind of topic and so right. this week we are talking about stis and sexual health dun 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 ah. now before you turn off the podcast because you're like i already know about all this stuff I, I learned in middle school i learned in high school and i've been doing it <laughs> no pun intended <laughs> for years um I can pretty much guarantee some of this you don't know because um, I was like yesterday, today, years old when I found out a couple things. Yeah. Us saying that like you think you've been around the block and you know everything you know about STI health. That was us a couple days ago even, in fact. And we got learnt. And depressed. <laughs> sad. <laughs> so we're going to talk about some taboos. We're going to talk about different STIs. We're actually going to do kind of a different twist on STI health Mm -hmm. and we're going to present it in a different way so maybe you can understand risk and odds um, in a newer age fashion if you will. Yes, absolutely. Um, And bonus, we won't be showing you any of those horrific photos that they like to show you that's the benefit of this. the podcast Dear is that you don't have to look. God in heaven, those were terrible. Yeah. I still have them in my memory and I'm way beyond that age. I still fear Google images because of that. 100%. Ugh. Terrible. Gosh. So let's, let's talk about some taboo stuff first. Yeah. I mostly wanted to say I think that the fact that this topic is taboo is kind of lending towards a lack of information slash bad information slash misinformation about certain things. 
And one thing that I wanted to say as an example of that is that while we were researching for this episode, we ended up finding out about an STI that we'd never heard of before. Apparently, it's only really been researched about two years ago, and they still don't have um, treatment available for it yet that's FDA approved in the U.S. So we'll be getting to that mystery guest later on in the episode, what that strain is. And then to move into this conversation by acknowledging that it sounds like around the conversation about STIs, we are using the word or, you know, referring to it as STI more so than using STD now. And that started around 2013 as a way to be more inclusive about the experiences with sexually transmitted infections. They are not all diseases. Some of them are infections. Some of them can be cleared up with antibiotics. And we'll get into more of that in this episode as well. And I will admittedly probably jump back and forth between STI, STD, because Mm -hmm. I'm old and had STD seared into my brain. Yes. This is what it looks like when you are old, progressing (laughs) yourself. I'm old. You're older, but you're progressing yourself. I'm owning it. Literally very close to the same age. So so if I say back and forth, same thing. Yeah. STD, STI, and my brain Mm -hmm. is one. Well, so actually, I was reading an article about it, and some people say that, like, it's, you know, it may lend towards that lack of information slash bad information if we change how we're referring to it as well. So some places do prefer to still use STD just to, like, really, like, inform on how dangerous some of these things are and things like that. Yes. So I think, you know, not to jump into the actual STIs themselves, but I will say that one of the biggest misconceptions, and I'm seeing it a lot on TikTok, I've seen um, some of this on Facebook, I actually got a random Facebook message from someone accusing someone of giving them an STD, which I was not involved, let's just clarify. Yes. It was, that was a very interesting message. Um, so HSV-1, or herpes simplex-1, um, for many, 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 many years, this was considered an STI. Most doctors, including my own, um, no longer consider this an STI anymore. This is one of the biggest kind of myth slash taboo kind of things. Um, Why don't they consider it like a dangerous threat to health? So HSV-1 is not the same as HSV-2. So HSV-1, you actually don't have to have any sexual contact. You actually don't even have to have skin to skin contact. You actually don't even have to know the person to get this so yeah you can catch it from sharing a cup you can catch it from you know just contaminated space contaminated surfaces it's super easy to pass they estimate that around 50 to 60 percent of the population has it Mm -hmm. it typically presents as like a cold sore Mm -hmm. so that is not to say that you cannot pass hsv1 in sex so if someone has a cold sore you do need to take precautions Mm -hmm. but my doctor and most knowledgeable doctors do not consider HSV-1, herpes simplex 1, mm-hmm. an STI anymore. I think you were also saying that, like, your doctor had said they wish they wouldn't even be testing for it anymore? Or? Yeah, she doesn't think it should even be on the STI panel mm-hmm. um, just because it really is not an... It, it, it's so yeah. often spread not in a sexual contact mm-hmm. that it, it just shouldn't be on there. Yeah, and I can imagine as, like, if you don't have the information going into it, you can see it, and all you're seeing is something popping up on a full panel STD test, and that can be scary. Yes. So at least having this information to say, like, okay, this is actually a very common, like, strain of this um, infection, and um, it can be lived with and sounds like doesn't even really need treatment. 
Um, yeah, there's not really anything you need to do for it. Mm-hmm. Um, most people have it and never even know because it's dormant and yeah. doesn't present symptoms. And I encourage you to check this information with your own personal doctor as well. Yeah, yeah. go for it. Check yeah. with your doctor. Google it. This is something that I've talked to more than one doctor about, have spent time researching it, and feel mm-hmm. fairly confident in the information I'm giving. Yeah. So next kind of taboo or myth. What you got? Um, so speaking of, since we are in this topic of sexual health, what about condom sizes? This has kind of like been a hot button issue. Um, a lot of times I can hear very polarizing information. Like most people uh, have seen like videos where someone's stretching a condom over their whole arm, you know, <laughs> saying like one size does fit all. Um, and I've even had some men say that to me too. Um, but I think that we have come across some different experiences actually, and it has a little bit more to do with different things like what size is the most comfortable for the penis haver to use um is it covering the entirety of what is being presented interacted with presented touched <laughs> skin to skin engaged <laughs> yes um skin to skin engaged i like that one okay. i know I'm, okay. I'm being very like okay. i'm trying to Thank be you. well i'm trying to be very like i'm i'm this is inspired by when we were researching this episode and I was telling you exactly all the ways that I had remained a quote unquote virgin. So I'm trying to be very specific with the language to say that like, hey, this is the action that I'm speaking about and not True. just like an, a, a verb or definition that you can like have a different opinion about. Yes. Like skin to skin touch. That's what it is. Yeah. That's not that's not. Oh, I've never done that. You know, no, you've definitely yeah. done it. And this, you know, I will like I'll kind of give some backstories to where this uh, came from, (laughs) Um, (laughs) which is I was going to go out with a guy who had a 12-inch dick. Stop! You heard that right. So that is um, when we started researching how big do condoms... That's so funny. Wait, that is what started us. Yeah, no, it was. We were just Googling it. We were like, how to stay safe, you know? Yeah, um, because my agreement with my partner is that we we use condoms until everyone's tested and safe and Mm -hmm. trusted. Right. So I was trying to do my due diligence of who makes a 12-inch condom. Um, You want to know who? Nobody. No one. Uh, So we actually did sit around at lunch one day and Googled and tried to find every different type of condom. Mm -hmm. Um, We spent way more time on this than I even care to admit. We're researchers. Yep. (laughs) We're scientists. So, and we found out that the largest that is made that I can find anywhere is nine and a half inches. Yeah, that's correct. So if you're anywhere above nine and a half inches, you are S-O-L. Yes. And the nine and a half, I think, was the XXL Durex, maybe? Mm -hmm. No, yeah. Is that right? Yes. Um... And I have never seen those in stores. So a lot of these larger you sizes have you have to, to order. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. not like it's next day. It's not Amazon <laughs> no. Prime usually. So, you know, yes, you can fit a normal condom on your arm. Mm-hmm. But that's just not going to feel great. Like I think it also comes down to, like, the, the use and practice of it. Because it's like, yes, we can, for the shock value of it, stretch a condom over an arm. But there's also issues of, like, friction that's being created. A condom that's too small or too tight uh, actually has an increased risk of breaking, especially during the friction of use. Um, if it's not long enough and it doesn't fit the full length of the member, then it's not fully covering you and it's not fully protecting you from any sort of infection as well. Because that part is still, like, bare. 
Yes. And yes. we'll we'll drop a link so you guys can see. Uh, there's actually like charts outlining condom sizes mm-hmm. and who makes what and where and when. Yeah. Um, but this is something to be aware of. You know, not most men do not have nine and a half to twelve inch. <laughs> yeah. That is not the common. Um, so we are not saying that you have to have that large of a dick. Right. No one expects it, but it does happen and you need to be prepared for it. Yeah. If that is kind of your thing. Yeah. I am a size queen, so. Boo. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Not my fault. (laughs) Um, Not to say that I, everyone has, I actually prefer dicks that are not quite that large. My, my ideal. I I do prefer a dick that can fit in a condom I can buy. Yes. Certainly. Yeah. Um, I like, I'll, I'll openly say my ideal that I tell everyone is somewhere between six and a half in like seven and a half eight so when i say size queen it's not like baby's arm it's i get that i'm a size queen too it's just more about your heart size what's up oh i know do you do charity (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah just something to research uh and especially if you have condom allergies like i do it becomes even more difficult i know because most of these are not allergy friendly so great do you remember that one time we tried to find what was it a latex free did we find out that there was some form of like dairy or something in condoms as well? Uh, there is dairy and eggs most often in the lubes that okay. are used. Okay. And I'm allergic to dairy and eggs. Go I thought like I thought like one time we tried to find a very specific condom for your allergies and it was only available in the UK. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And ordering it was like gonna take two or three weeks. It Which was just not like really in the hookup time zone actually. But yep. And then I also have to order special lube. It's Which a, I do. So, so you can trust that we prepare, okay? Like I am a Girl Scout when it comes to sex. <laughs> yes. I am always prepared. Oh my God, I love that. Uh, let's see. What else? What's next? What's next? I'll tell you what's next. I'll tell you what's next is heartbreak oh and sorrow okay. and the depth of despair. I know where we're going. Oh, well, mm-hmm. what could I possibly be talking about right now? We were talking about condoms just now, right? Yeah. Obviously, we're talking about how these infections and diseases get passed along. You know what you didn't know? I bet you. And if you knew this, you better comment or send me a voice message somewhere because I did not know this. No. Apparently, even oral sex is a risk. <laughs> yeah. Yup. Yup. Maybe yep. maybe some of you are smarter and in charge of it and like already knew. I did not. And this was something that I learned like when I had first started dating again. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Because that always feels like the the safe, like, oh, okay, well, no, yeah, you need to use some form of protection before you penetrate and or skin to skin me. <laughs> skin to skin me. Yes. <laughs> yep. I redact mm-hmm. it. I would like to, Your Honor, <laughs> strike that from the record, please. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. But yes, even oral is a risk. And we have this amazing chart, which I just want to start by saying, so it has like, it's it's amazing. It's listed like what kind of sex you're having, what cannot be passed, what is most not commonly passed, what can be, and what is easily passed. Yep. And at the very start of this list is deep kissing with tongue. And what's easily passed with deep kissing? Herpes. Herpes is easily passed with deep kissing, open parentheses, with tongue, close parentheses. And what about oral sex without a condom? Oh, well, what you can easily get is gonorrhea, chlamydia, herpes, syphilis, and HPV. And you're probably going, well, where is it? How? 
because we did too when we yes. uh when we researched this and ruined our lives i think this was about a year and a half ago or two yeah. that we looked all this up and if you could just imagine both of us looking the most dejected ever we went through all stages of grief so much grief. anger bartering so much grief because so i mean i love giving blowjobs like that is my jam and this ruined my whole my ass life, life. <laughs> And so what we found out is these diseases from what we've researched can actually live in your throat and stay there, which is super nice of them. Um, What once could have been a delightful little dirty talk is now. So you can actually use a condom and it mitigates these risks. Now, me personally, I've never done that. I've never had anyone ask to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, I, you could, Um, you know, I think that's a personal preference for everyone. Yeah what you're willing to risk and not risk. Mm -hmm. Uh, I still haven't, even after knowing this, I still haven't done that. Um, But that being said, I still get STD tested regularly. I am still pretty picky about who I am having sexual encounters with. So Mm -hmm. everyone has to kind of judge and evaluate their own risk. Yeah, that's true. And basically I I do the same thing. I am a little more on like, I won't, I don't mind doing it. If somebody asks uh, with a condom, that's fine. Um, or with a barrier is fine as well. I mean, comfort is the main thing for me too, but I want, I usually am also, yeah, pretty, by the time I get to there, I hope to have established some sort of trust with the person. Yep. And not to leave out rimming. So rimming without a barrier, what is easily passed there? Oh, well, we got some of our best main players like HPV hitting the scene, herpes following at a close second, and syphilis. There you go. Syphilis is one of those that you don't even like. It, it you sounds, don't even think about. Yeah, because it sounds so old. Yeah. Like, honestly, I will say, like, looking at these sheets, I was like, wow, syphilis is like really like has not gone anywhere. Yeah. Yep. That is. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's one that you really don't hear about much. Yeah. I still don't hear about it much. Um, so, you know, and we'll drop links for all of these. I think, you know, obviously it also goes through like vaginal or anal sex. And I think a lot of us know, like, obviously, if you don't use condoms with either one of those, you're at risk. That yeah. just is what it is. Yeah. We've heard that since we were, I don't know, in that, that part grade or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now that we've ruined your day, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. If you need to take a break for a minute, just pause this. It's fine. Just Come go back a moment. to it. We just totally understand. Small moment in the corner. It's totally fine. We won't judge as long as you don't judge us. Um, so if I'm reading this chart correctly, under the other kinds of sex column, it says that there is a small, small chance, but still possible in theory to catch gonorrhea, chlamydia, HIV, HPV, herpes, syphilis from masturbation. Uh, yeah. Uh, no. Well, it, mutual, it says open it, parentheses or possible only in theory. Yes. That sounds so, like a scary camp camp story. I think that's probably, you know. Here's what happens, okay? You go, you go, you're finally all vaccinated. You go out. You go to a club. You're dancing. You're dancing the freaking night away, okay? You meet some friends. You're touching. Your hands are high-fiving, handshaking. You go to use the bathroom. You forget to wash your hands. Gross. Sorry. You come home. You're like, you really were hoping to get laid, but, you know, you went home alone. So now you take your dirty, dirty hands. And you diddle DJ the night away at your own house, private after party. In theory, perhaps you have maybe contracted something. Okay, so lesson learned. Wash your hands. (laughs) (laughs) Which we've heard for the last year and a half during COVID. (laughs) 
Keep washing your hands. But not com- nothing commonly passed, nothing in the easily passed. So this that would have to be like a next level. So masturbate away. Masturbate away. Boom. Unless you've touched a lot of dirty things at a club that hasn't been cleaned. Then wash your hands. Then really please just wash your hands. So one thing that um, I really found super intriguing, I think I found this maybe a couple years ago when we were first researching and getting more into how to navigate sexual health as someone who's polyamorous, non-monogamous, and obviously into kink. Mm-hmm. Um, I found this really awesome article written by Mark Manson. Mark um, so for those of you that recognize maybe that name, he has written a number of books. Uh, the one that I love and am addicted to is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. That is an amazing book. If you have not listened to it or read it, you absolutely should. Self-growth mm. moment. Hey. Um, and if you're on the fence about listening to it, there is a great 30-minute video on YouTube from the author himself going over the points of the book. So you can kind of taste test it. That's a Cliff Notes version, if you will. It is a Cliff Notes version. Yeah. Yes. Or a Cheater Cheater Pumpkin Eater version. I don't believe <laughs> that it is that, but that's that's fine. Maybe, maybe somebody here was just trying to expedite their learning. That's fine. I appreciate that you even listened to that. Aw, thanks. You're welcome. <laughs> So he, and we'll drop a link for this too, but what I really enjoyed or really appreciated about his article and how he broke down STIs is he is trying to, I think, just kind of dispel some of the big fears that are built into these conversations that they really try to scare the crap out of us as children. Yeah. So, you know, what he did is basically took how many incidents are reported in the United States every year, divide that by the population who is supposedly probably having sex, Mm -hmm. and then he is getting what's called a raw score. And that raw score is essentially how many people on average you would need to sleep with unprotected, have sex with, unprotected, to contract this disease. Now, obviously, you know, I'm going to give you a score of whatever, 58 people. That doesn't mean on the 59th, then you catch it. You <laughs> still could catch it on the 1st or the 10th or the 20th, whatever. Right. But what he's doing is just trying to put some actual numbers and some actual data behind how we have these conversations. Yeah, and to help visualize what the situation really is, as opposed to like a fear-based narrative that was, you know, given to a lot of us by maybe even religious organizations, for those of us who had a religious yes. upbringing, um, and all that like fear-based learning. Yes. So this is not to say go have sex with like a thousand people. No, and just feel no. Like you good. Um, do not do that. And do not put my name on that action if you do it. I'm yeah, just saying. Don't, don't be like April Caesar said so. Don't, don't um, say, I, I heard it on free season. No, I will don't find at me. I will find you. Don't at me. But this is just so you have a better understanding of what's kind of behind these, what it actually looks like. And if you do have a moment or you choose not to use protection, You know, I remember the first time that I did that and I made that decision, I literally all in one night thought I had contracted every disease plus a pregnancy plus a meteor headed to earth. Like I was pretty sure we were all dead. I was dead and pregnant all at the same time. So for me, I just want to empower people with some information so they don't have to experience so much fear. Mm -hmm. Be educated, be smart, but we don't necessarily need to be fearful. Yes, exactly. And actually, one thing we skipped over is, well, and maybe we can talk about it later, but um, how we address talking about these to people we might be interacting with. Yeah. And we can we can drop that for a little later, but yeah, let's talk, let's talk about that, too. Um, so let's run through some of these STIs, what they look like, 
you know, we're going to talk about living with it, how you treat it, is it curable, and what the raw score is. Yes. So we'll start with our main player here, Chlamydia. Clap. Clap, clap. Do, so, what are other names for Chlamydia, actually? We, we know the clap. I, the, that's all that's I know. what I got. Oh, wait, is clap gone? No. Oh. I can't wow. remember. Okay, whatever. We're just saying Chlamydia. It's Chlamydia. It's Chlamydia. Okay. Um, so can you live with it? It's uncomfortable if you present symptoms. Not everyone does. Typically to cure it is just taking a few pills. It's an antibiotic. Gets rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Four million cases in the U.S. annually on average. And raw score, 33 partners. So, again, do not go sleep with 32 and think you're safe. That is <laughs> 30 not second, the point. 32nd, you're like, now I have to stop having sex. <laughs> yes. So... That raw score is just that average. So yeah. on average, 33 unprotected partners, and then you might have chlamydia. Which is crazy, because, yeah, just like you were saying not two seconds ago, it's like, yeah, you really think when you're uninformed that it's like, I had one unprotected instance, this is all over. Like, like I mean, I've also been in a situation where it's like you turn back around, so to speak, and you're not sure where the condom is gone. So, yeah, you freak out immediately. Yep. But, um, but yeah, this definitely helps put that into perspective. Another thing that I like that says here is that, like, it's a relatively minor bacterial infection. And with the antibiotics, it can clear up in two to four weeks. Yep. So chlamydia is not a life sentence. Nope. You're, you, if you are experiencing any burning pee, get checked. Yeah. If you're in the ring of fire, <laughs> talk to your doctor. Yes. Uh, you want to take the next one? Yes. Number two, gonorrhea. Don't ask me to spell that without looking at it. Gonorrhea, living with it, painful. You want to hope for no pus, but you take some pills and it's gone. This one is curable within a month. Mm-hmm. Now, annually, there are about 1.6 million cases in the U.S. alone. Now, the raw score for this one is 81 partners. And to answer the question, yes, using a condom does protect against this. And that's the same for chlamydia. I don't know if we mentioned that, but it does say here that a, con- a condom will protect you against it. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, we have syphilis, the one that we all thought was an ancient disease. Um, so syphilis, you living with it, um, it is typically itchy. Um, this is also the one that eats holes in your brain if it goes untreated or un- you know undetected. I did not know that. Um, and it is curable. So that's kind of the whole key with getting regular STI testing is mm-hmm. finding this early on because early on it is curable. Mm-hmm. Um, but later stages, it can affect not only brain, but it also can affect how you physically look. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe that actually might even be the the uh, basis of the man behind the iron mask. Oh. If I remember correctly. I'm going to have to that look one. that up again. Um, but syphilis actually physically affects your features. Oh, okay. Yep. Basically eats away at you. So... Um, it is curable though in the, you know, er, like beginning stages, you can definitely cure it. So U.S. incidents per year, uh, around 146,000. Um, that would be a raw score of 890 partners. Yep. Now the kicker on this one is that a condom does not protect you with syphilis. Ah! Rude. Rude. So rude. Rude. But now you know. Now you know. Now you know. We're going to move on to number four, HPV, high-risk and low-risk risk strains. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, living within it can be anywhere from a temporary nuisance, some awkward conversations, and p- 
potentially one somewhat painful operation for women. Now, unfortunately, with HPV, it is not curable, but it does leave on its own after a few years. There is now also a vaccine for men and women for HPV as well. Now we got, okay, U.S. prevalence, all existing cases right now, 42.5 million, and U.S. incidence is yearly, 13 million. Now the raw score for this one is eight partners, and unfortunately with this one as well, a condom does not entirely protect you from it. It spreads by skin-to-skin contact and can also be on skin not covered by the condom. Again, linking back to making sure your condom sizes are covering all skin, which is entering into the skin-to-skin contact. The importance is that any slipping there can really lead to the passing of HPV. Mm -hmm. And it does, you know, this article does actually talk about HPV in a lot of detail, um, but it also does say that this virus is so common that nearly all sexually active people get infected at some point in their lives. I personally have had the HPV shot. I got Mm -hmm. it when I was around 22, right when it came out. Um. So it's something that I would recommend people looking into. Yeah. Um, it mostly protects women against cervical cancer. Okay. And that's the importance of it is some of these HPV strange strains, which commonly are spread from male to female partners. Mm-hmm. Men do not know that they have it. And most men are not regularly tested because most tests do not test for this with men. Okay. Um, so you'd have to ask specifically for that test. Typically, you do have to ask a little more specifically for men for this test. Is it um, on the full panel for the STD test? It is for mine, but I don't know that for men it is always. I think you do need to be specific on what you want to be tested for. Oh, okay. So the HPV shot helps against some of the more common strains, but there are over 200 strains of HPV mm-hmm. or HSV. HP, HPV. Bleh. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> um... So just something to kind of be aware of. You can definitely have any number of, you know, one of the 200 strains, which is insane. Insane. The more you know. Next up, genital herpes. So from what this says, there's a good chance you already have it. Womp womp. What? (laughs) Yeah, we just went right on into it. We're just, we're just jumping in. Um, Curable, no, but who cares is what he says. Um, all existing cases right at 18.6 million. New cases annually are right over half a million. And raw score is 18 partners. So, and this one, does condom protect? No. Um, but what he goes on to explain is that most people don't even have enough of a viral load to show on their blood panel that they even have this. Viral load. Thank you. Um, and this is the HSV-1 and HSV-2 that we talked about, um, mm-hmm. where the HSV-1 really typically is not considered an STI. Mm-hmm. So just something to be aware of. If you do show up um, with that on a panel, it's not, don't, don't freak out. <laughs> do not freak don't out. Don't freak out. Uh, so mm-hmm. next one, a big heavy hitter that we, I think, have all heard about mm-hmm. and there are movies about it. Yeah. Uh, this is also, I think, a lot of reason why HIPAA came about. So, mm-hmm. you want to take that one? H-I-V. So, we have here living with it, expensive and stressful, but assuming you're not African, you'll live, which is an interesting note there. It's a direct quote. It is literally a direct quote. 
Now, U.S. incidences new cases annually are 32,600. Now, the raw score for this one is 332 partners and fewer if engaging in anal sex. So, and the reason that is is because anal sex does result in more tearing, even micro tears, which allows the virus to go bloodborne. Yeah. Bloodborne? Blood, you know what I mean. Blood adjacent. Um, no, I'm sorry. Present. No. Yep. Yeah. Mm. A condom does protect you from this. Yes. And then to say that HIV is no longer the death warrant it once was. Now, it is pretty serious and you do have to be on medication, but... You can live with it. You can live with it. Yeah. You can live with it. Doesn't mean we should all go get it, but it is no longer the death sentence that it used to be in the 80s and yes. early 90s. Yes. Last one, which I the first time I read this um, made me laugh. Yes. Because I, last, I'm not laughing. <laughs> the I'm not laughing. This is the real one. STI that he includes is pregnancy. Yeah. Now, he's not wrong. No. Kids are not necessarily an infection unless, like, you know, they're those kids that, like, just scream in little, like, of public. Yeah, those are kids that are an infection. No, I'm just kidding. Um, oh, no, I'm still treating this like an STI. <laughs> <laughs> so, living with it. Completely and irreversibly life-changing. Direct quote. <laughs> I wonder why that would be. Um, curable. He said, uh, uh, yeah. I think we all know what that means. Not if you're a good person. U.S. prevalence. Um, he said, your mom had it at least once. He's not wrong. Okay. Okay. My mom twice. Be Being sassy. Mm -hmm. My mom thrice. Uh, let's see. Raw score is 75 sexual encounters. Listen, but don't listen to that and think you can just go no condom and like on your, your free pass for 75 partners. Yeah. Don't risk it. Yeah. L I mean, unless, unless you're doing this beautiful path where you actually do want to have children and you want to like get in yeah. on that, like no respect, all, nothing but respect for people who actually do choose that. Um, but yeah. No. Condoms are only 85% effective against this life-changing disease. Correct. And they're just, you know, for me, there's so many awesome birth control options now. Mm -hmm. Not even now. That have come back into popularity, like IUDs. Yeah. Um, I was hormonal. about to say, what's your favorite? IUD, hands down. Um, hormonal or non-hormonal. I have a hormonal IUD. I am in Lubbitz. She I, in Lubbitz. I'm in Lubbitz. Oh, she went full baby. <laughs> I love my IUD. I wish I had had one in the beginning. I cannot believe I did not know about it. Mm -hmm. Love it. My friends got it first. Heard about it. They told me all about it. And then I went and got one. And I am now trying to push it on everybody I know. I'm like an IUD peddler. Like, I'm like an IUD dealer. <laughs> I know I'm just, yeah, I'm are. definitely trying to up it to you. I've, you everyone have around <laughs> is like getting hyped up on IUDs. I know. And I, and I still do want to get it. For now, I am on the pill. I'm on like a 28-day pill cycle thing. Um, and it, you know, slipped into my, I had been on that since I was in college and I was lucky enough to not have it uh, affect me in such a negative way. And it became like a comfortable part of my, uh, protective practice. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I am definitely looking to up it to yep. the IUD guy. And there's, you know, there's a lot of other methods not talked about, mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not just condoms and your typical birth control pill and IUD and depo shot. Like there's so many things beyond that. You um, named so many things. I only knew to know two of them. Okay. <laughs> You're like, it's more than just IUD and birth control pills and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, yep, it's more than all of the, all of those, those things. Those 
It's definitely more than I those mean, first there's, two. You know, uh, there's Norplant. There's implants that you can get. Um, there's also things that don't involve hormones. Like IUDs have a non-hormonal copper option. Mm-hmm. They yeah. just create a reaction. Um, they make it so semen cannot inhabit the uterus, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also things like uh, sponges that you can use, and you can put spermicide in them and insert them before sex. That is crazy. You can also use uh, diaphragm, which is not talked about as much anymore. Diaphragms are still an option. You do have to go get those specially fitted. So you have to go to your doctor, get fitted for one. You can't just go shove like the end of a cup up there. Don't be trying to make your own. Also, yeah, don't no DIY. Don't, don't, don't get like mm-mm. the scrub daddy and try and put them up Dip, there. That's mm. different. <laughs> that's, that's that's real different. Yeah, you wrong. It listen, scrub daddy gets very rough. Okay, just letting you know. Maybe some of us can't hot like to cold that. water. Oh. Okay, listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's also, like, there's a um, spermicide film, mm-hmm. and you take it, fold it up, and insert it typically about 10 to 30 minutes before you have sex. And it is... Before you have sex, like, not even during... Like, you wouldn't be able to, like, okay, I'm getting ready for a date, and then you're, like, putting on your makeup, and no, then you're also you, putting on your... Yeah, no, you have to do it a little bit, like, right before because it dissolves and basically creates, like, a spermicide barrier. Okay. And so if you do it too far in advance, it's already dissolved and kind of gone away. Oh, I'm so glad I asked. So can thank you, you imagine for coming to my TED Talk. trying to be type A, and then you're just like, oh, yeah, I'll just put it on during my date, and then it'll be fine, and then you shot yourself in the foot, bitch. Yep. And it's then over. you got the you got the number seven pregnancy STI. Matter of fact, once it's that dissolved, it, it attracts more sperm. I'm just kidding. I'm aggressive. sorry. That's a lie. I don't want to. I don't want to spread no, misinformation here. <laughs> so we'll drop a link for this article. Just be knowledgeable of it. Yeah. Just something to be aware of. Right. Something to educate on and kind of take some of the fear out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also had a handy little STD infographic odds of getting STDs with one time heterosexual contact if one person is positive for any of these I will start with HPV if you are a female 3.5% chance of getting HPV if you are a male it's 4% yes. now if we're talking about HIV and you're a woman there is a 0.08% to 0.19% chance per sexual act if your partner has HIV. And if you are a male, 0.05% to 0.1% per sexual act. Mm-hmm. We're moving on to HSV2 for women, 8.9 times per 10,000 sexual acts. Let me say that one more time. 8.9 times per 10,000 sexual acts. For a male, 1.5 times per 10,000 sexual acts. Now, if we're talking about chlamydia, 4.5% per sexual act, male, female either samezies all all in between now for gonorrhea if you're a woman this one's actually 60 to 90 percent per sexual act now we're seeing really the differences that's a huge jump if your partner has gonorrhea you're going to use um no protection you have a 60 to 90 percent chance of catching as well now if you are a dude 20 percent per sexual act so rude cancel men rude cancel all amabs (laughs) Syphilis, 51 to 64% per sexual act, and that is not gender specific. Yeah, that's that's for both men and women. Mm -hmm. And then here's the new one, and now we were teasing about it earlier in the episode when we first started. Mycoplasma genitalium. Genitalium. M-gen for short. 20.6% to 
66.7% per sexual act. Now, the tricky thing, which we ended up learning because we had to research this because we were yesterday years old when we found out that this was actually a disease, Mm -hmm. is that it does present symptoms like chlamydia. And then if you treat it like it is chlamydia, doesn't it like develop an antibody? Yeah, it can actually make it worse. It can make it worse. Which is aggressive. And it can also present like a UTI. Yep. It can present like a number of different things. And at this time, there is no FDA-approved medication treatment for MGen. They use, um, they've used a few different other drugs that have been effective, but they're not always effective. Mm -hmm. So there's very little research out there. There's very little knowledge of this one yet. Um, And I think from one article that I read, it said that one in 100 people have this. Wow. So this ain't no like, you know, this ain't ain't no syphilis. Yeah, this <laughs> ain't no syphilis. <laughs> it's no rumor. So, you know, um, welcome to our terrible lunch yesterday yeah. <laughs> when we find this out. You know, sometimes we come together to the Plan Podcast and it's like so fun. It's like so fun. <laughs> We're laughing. And then some days I'm crying in my sushi. Some days it's black and white film <laughs> grain horror movie. But I mean, it, it. I feel like it is actually better to know this. So if we do present with these symptoms, we at least can have absolutely educated discussions with our doctors and go hey this is how i'm feeling and i've heard about this new thing should we should we discuss it yes and there is a very specific antibody test i think for my gen which is what it goes by or m gen m gen m gen sorry um but you have to like specifically request it and it i don't even know the whole pro the thing with the things yeah the doctor thing and it's tricky too because since it's so new it's hard to say like oh you know, with some, you can say, oh, have you traveled? And this is like an indicator that it could yeah. be this different strain type thing. So it really is like having to just go to your doctor and say, hey, I am presenting symptoms of chlamydia. I do just want to make sure if they're just to be doing my due diligence. Yes. That it's not Mgen. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about and kind of share our personal um, sexual health boundaries real fast. Okay. Um, and how we keep ourselves safe. Yep. Perfect. So first of all. Let me just say that I, um, and there's a big kind of movement within non-monogamy and just in general, Mm -hmm. um, when you're asking someone what their kind of STI status is, instead of saying, are you clean? Yes. Which has become very taboo. Very, very, yeah. And disrespectful and rude, especially like when you consider how many of these infections we've gone over, which are very livable with, are very treatable and and are curable. Yeah. And are common. So instead of saying, are you clean, which became very much the dialogue for a long time, yeah. but then you're also implying if they're not clean, they're dirty. Right. And we don't like that. No. That's not nice. Don't make a human feel that way. So instead, I usually just say, what's your STD or STI status? Yeah. Have you been tested recently and what you're, what is, what, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, me personally, I get tested at minimum every six months. That yes. is the agreement that I have with my partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually usually get tested a little bit more often, yes. every three to six. It, it usually depends. just depends on the activity. Yeah. yeah. And I definitely have made bonehead moves and done, you know, maybe not the smartest things at times. So then I go get tested real fast and, you know, not always my finest moments, but I am honest about them and discuss them with my partner. Yeah. We assess risk and go from there. It's It's... It's interesting, too, because, like, one thing that we don't want to be missing from this dialogue is the fact that, like, there are situational cases where just sometimes, like, yeah, you do 
Shit happens. Shit happens. You know, this isn't saying that this is going to be you on a perfect score. That's why it's so important that we give these statistics out so you don't have to be feeling when you are waiting however long it takes for your STD results to come back, thinking that you have like contracted something life changing. Yes. So for me personally, testing every six months minimum. Yeah. Condoms until everyone's tested and trusted. Yes. And we have those conversations around who is having unprotected or protected sex within yes. our dynamics. Mm hmm especially non-monogamy because there can be many v's and many little tangents that all come into play mm -hmm. um and personally i'm not a big person into the whole like you know thinking that fluid bonding is a big deal so for us we're yeah. allowed to once we have that agreement we can then use no barriers and i have an id so way, no babies <laughs> that's the seventh disease by the way right. <laughs> um and oh shoot what was i gonna say i lost it it's it's um... number seven mess you up go go back further Fluid bonding. Yeah, fluid bonding is the act of sharing your fluids with another. I just wanted to clarify that for yes, any of those sorry. who didn't know. Yes. So it's like, and, and for those who don't uh, see it that way or don't practice it as like a, an intimate action, you know, yeah, it is just like you having unprotected sex and your partner is load, unloading their baggage into your baggage claim, if you will. <laughs> Thank you for that. Yes. You're so welcome. Best metaphor ever. Thank you so much. What is your, what's your kind of... Uh... Avoid humans. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I I will say the only thing that I think I do, and I don't think you do this differently, but I do try to make sure I listen to my intuition when I'm having this conversation with mm -hmm. people. Because if I get to a point where I'm starting to even have an inkling of like, you know, I don't actually think you're going to be honest with me. Yep. I got to walk away from that. Yep. No matter how good it, the sex is going to sound or anything like that, I just, yep. if I have that, I always listen to it. Now, I'm not saying I make 100% of these decisions without having a conversation and just like basing it totally off my intuition because sometimes mm -hmm. I'm just a big old horn dog and I want to get laid. Mm -hmm. So I sometimes do have to sit with it a little more, but I do try to listen to things like, okay, am I too excited to be having this conversation? Do I need to calm down for a bit? You know, like making sure I'm ha I feel safe moving into that like interaction with that person as well. Yep. And definitely suggest having these discussions prior to the actual yeah. unclothing. I've texted about it. I'll usually text about it. Yeah. I usually ask him like, hey, how, you know, like, I like to say like, and now for the sexiest part of this foreplay, <laughs> when was the last time you got tested? Do you do it often? Are you currently maintaining other partners right now? And things like that. Yeah. Beyond that, I do use barriers and condoms until we feel safe and everyone is tested. I do check on how many partners they sleep with regularly and then what their safety practices as well. Yes. And as you guys know, I am on the pill, as I mentioned earlier. And truly, if you can't graduate. have these conversations, you should not be doing it. 100%. I, I can't say that enough. If you if you are afraid to have this conversation, if you feel awkward about having the conversation, you shouldn't. Even, even if you're somebody who maybe is living with one of these, you know, like, don't be ashamed. That's yeah. part of you. You know? And if they respond negatively to you asking this, run. Yeah. And you, yeah. Hello, giant red flag. Absolutely. Run. Absolutely. Run. 100%. So I think I hit everything I won't hit. I think we covered everything. There's only one more thing that I want to say. I think we're at like 130 members on our Facebook group. Boom. And I just want to say thank you guys so much for being part of this journey. Uh, I... When we first started, I was like, if 12 people like this page, I will be elated. That was my number. We're like 10 times where your goal was. I know. <laughs> so I literally am like over the moon. So thank you guys so much for joining us on the group. Um, for those who have been following our Instagram, those have been slowly trickling in and I'm like elated. Um, so any sort of engagement has meant 
been super meaningful to us. So thank you guys so much. Yeah, and go check out our link tree and then uh, definitely leave us some messages on how you want CJ to say, oh my, and please make them entertaining for me. Please, 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 please. I am very good at taking directions. Very submissive of you. I mean, anyway, they're going to be it. <laughs> okay, bye. Bye. <laughs>